Jennifer. Hello, Richard. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Fabulous. Um, where are you today? I am in my office today, but the other way around. <laughs> I was so confused. And I'm in the Vatican, because where else would I be? In the Vatican, I the, know. I took this photograph of the sun shining through the windows, St. Pete's. Gorgeous. Yeah, it's fun. Anyway, how have you been? I, you know, I've been doing really well, but boy, has it been a little bit challenging. Um, I think it is for everybody, but I've been doing, I personally, I've been doing fabulous. I, I, I decided to turn things around this COVID <laughs> this... and make the most of it. And I'm super happy that I've done that. Can I just say the obvious thing, which is normally you and I would be in a restaurant with a camera, with a noisy, clinky music blasting and I'm recording, but here we can share it. We can share this stuff with people. And I like it, but I miss you. Yeah, ditto, ditto. So let's invite Luana in with her guest list. Uh, I had a question for her before we get to the list, but I want her to have it there in her hand because it is for the class. Mm -hmm. It was about a week ago, and I haven't written about it yet, but it was this, the sentence. You know, I hear a sentence in my sleep, and then I'm like, what? And then we argue, and, I'm, and then I go, how am I going to remember this? And they give me a sentence. And the sentence was, the song changes, but the song remains the same. And I said, you mean the, the instrument changes like, you know, a lifetime. We come here and we're a piano player and then we go home and then we come back as a guitar player or something. And the song remains the same, but the melody or the melody remains the same. and The theme remains the same. And the answer I got was no, the song changes but the song remains the same and let me ask you Lou was that accurate yes it is and so, what did you mean by that we are all born good like we're all born as good like she showed me just back to being born and if you think of that as like your song everybody has their own song that always that part of us always you know the song the song changes but remains the same. We always are the same from the time that we were born. In the goodness of God's eyes, the universe's eyes, however you want, don't get caught up on semantics. Um, but that's what, that's, we are all, we are all a song. So the song changes, meaning the, the expression of it, it could play really loud, it could play really low, it could play, it could get scratched, it could get broken, you know, but it's still, it doesn't, etherically, they just showed me, etherically, like it still remains, like it doesn't, um, it's still there. The song is still there. Energy. Allow me to expand, so I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I remember you saying this a long time ago, that a lifetime is like a record, like a disc. And even if it gets broken, even it gets cracked, even if it turns into a CD, turns into an A-track, that song of who we are. It's recorded. And remains the same. Correct. So that's very profound because it also relates to troubles that we have in life. And, you know, we, we feel like we can't get out of the issue that we're having, whatever it is. Oh God, they showed me something pretty funny. <laughs> They showed my song version, which is, I can't believe they did that, where I'm like slip, like I'm from drinking, if I was drinking too much, how I'm like, like, Have I don't know. Think of a slip and slide with, you know, standing up, trying to go along. And they showed me how, how sometimes that doesn't play music very well, but then how without that, it's very dry. They're making fun of all of it. It's not like better or worse, but everybody has different speeds that they go on. Well, that's fascinating because we can talk about your many lifetimes because I filmed you under deep hypnosis, accessing previous lifetimes, talking about them yes. and themes, this idea, mediums, often we hear this, you know, when in the research, which is like, 
I'm repeating some form of this mediumship where I was persecuted in a previous lifetime or persecutor. You always like bringing that up, don't you? All right. It, you're, it's so rare. Jennifer mentioned a memory of being in Salem. And of course, I assumed incorrectly. Um, but she was a perpetrator, somebody who was harassing mediums, people like herself. I got tired of being burnt at the stake or drowned or whatever it was. I'm like, frick it, I'm going to do it now. <laughs> well, and I was I, ugly. Oof, was I an ugly man? Why people do that is not just like I'm flipping a head, you know, heads, tails. It's because you want to understand the complete picture. You understand the negativity of your actions as well as the positive things of your actions, how you can heal people. But we do live in an era where people don't get dunked. They don't get burnt. They don't get tied up. Maybe. Lead. Right? Or whatever. So thank you, Lou. So because I only have our class for a limited amount of time, Luana, would you do us a favor? Take a look at your VIP list. And for those tuning in for the 500th time. She's, okay, yeah, go ahead. Just Luana. Our friend, my friend Luana Andrews, who passed away in 1996, orchestrates a classroom on the other side where people come forward, this is the way we've heard it, and they ask to communicate with us, to share ideas with people or sometimes their family. And in this case, or in every case, Luana is the master keeper of the list. And just to remind people, the title of our book, Backstage Pass to the Flipside 3. Backstage Pass came from Tom Petty, who showed up one day and said, your friend Luana, and I didn't know Tom Petty, and I don't think Luana did, but he said, your friend Luana is like the person backstage holding the clipboard with the names of people who get to see you people. Right. So if somebody wants to talk to us, they have to go through Luana. Simply put. So I'm sorry, yeah. Ooh, the floor is yours. She says that somebody visited you three days ago. And I know you get lots of visitors. Um, I know that's normal for us, right? To say that, you know, you get lots of visitors. Um, well, you mentioned Tom Petty, and I feel like he's coming forward. Um, Does he have any friends who've just arrived? Oh gosh. Hold on a second. That too, but he was mentioning that Oh, I love this. I love this. So he just showed me playing the guitar and that all of the different instruments that add to our music, our song, um, we keep going around. Like, that's what we do in Lifetimes. We keep going around and changing instruments. Okay? And that there's always somebody that's a focal point within all of... Um, let me see if I'm getting this right. Hold on. Music of who we are. <laughs> and we want to end it with a crescendo. <laughs> um, that's it. That's it. That's it. Um, stop, stop playing the music, like play the music, play who you're supposed to be. You know, know that it's, thank you. That was so brilliant. I love the way that I see, I love the way they show me images to see things. And for listeners, that's how when I'm talking to Tom Petty, they show me a picture of him and I see him. And then he gives me all these images and feelings that go along with, and this is what happens when you get a, what I call a hit, an intuitive hit. And so, and then I ask, I can hear him, but I know people, I mean, I wouldn't go around saying that you, <laughs> that people are talking to you and that you could hear them because you might end up in a psych ward. But other than that, um, <laughs> does he want to hurt you? No, he doesn't want to hurt me. Um, it's just a way when you get those pictures and feelings, as Richard has always said, don't judge it. Don't judge it. Here's something. Could be a sound. Could be a musical. Could be. Yeah, that's what I heard was the, I saw the guitar and then heard the guitar. Okay. So is there anybody on your list that we need to talk to that might have just arrived? I know you just said that and I haven't watched the news, so. I have no like idea who just arrived, but I know you do. Um, 
Yes, but they're not going to show them to me. So I can request them. I can request. It's okay. Oh, Van Halen. That's right. Eddie. Eddie. Okay. Eddie. <laughs> they showed me. Like I for, Okay, so I did know that he died a couple of days ago, but I did not know that until they just showed me it again. Oh. I didn't remember it. I invited him this morning. Okay. And uh, for those tuning in, Jennifer and I have been doing this for five years. Uh, it's not a process where I'm trying to prove, and she's not trying to prove. I ask for people, they show up. And sometimes their friends show up. But in this case, we'd like to talk to Eddie. Oh, thank you. And that's why Tom Petty came through. He was showing, he was bringing Eddie through. That was another thing. So I want to ask you, the Eddie. Eddie, can I ask you some personal questions? And I do know that he died of cancer. I did read that. Okay. Is it okay to ask you personal questions, or can we have a converse conversation with you? Yeah. So. He's funny. <laughs> what do you What do you mean? Is he laughing? He's laughing. He's like, "Yeah, I, I think I got it." <laughs> okay. Listen, if you look around this classroom, you'll see there's quite a few people that you know. He says it's a, it's a VIP classroom. <laughs> without, without, and then he, he put the VIP backwards, like it doesn't matter, but it's a fun class. So I've done a little research into your life and your journey, and that's what I want to talk to you about, because I'm a musician. My mother was a concert pianist, and I know you're yeah. a famous a very talented jazz musician. But I want to talk to you about your journey. Go ahead, Jennifer. What? What, what was that look? I don't know. I showed Michael Jackson. Oh, um, I talked about him. Do you know why he showed you Michael Jackson? Um, I don't know, but I have a feeling that what came across was a collaboration of some sort. I'm sure they did that. We're going to get to that. Okay. I'm more interested in you personally before we talk about your achievements and your fame. When, when you crossed over, who was there to greet you? Um, somebody that died that was really close to him, um, obviously. But it felt like more like a, a band, not a band member, maybe a band member, but before they were famous. I feel like he died from an overdose. Hold on. It felt like somebody like a younger brother and I know he had a brother, or has a brother, but it felt like a younger brother of some sort. Somebody that you lost maybe when you were a child or then childbirth, your mom might have had, or in a previous lifetime. We've seen that as well. I know. I'm not going to generalize it, though, but it felt like somebody that was really close to him, like somebody that was like a... A bandmate. A bandmate. That's what it keeps coming across. Yeah. So we that in a second. Um, once you crossed over, was that a surprise? Were you already sort of one foot over or what, what was it like? He said he already had both feet over. Like he, okay. yeah. He was already prepared for it. Was that a surprise? How fast, yes. The surprise was how fast. And but at what point did you start feeling comfortable on the flip side? How about, let's ask a different question. Like at what point when you knew you were going, did you feel comfortable? Okay. So, right? Yeah. Um, he said that he felt comfortable through loved ones around him. Oh, he was surrounded by his family. Yeah. So he felt that's what made him feel okay. That's interesting. Okay. Let me ask you, we'll get to that later, but I might as well ask now. Do you have any messages that you want me to pass along or us to pass along to your family or friends? I am not in any pain. I'm still playing guitar with like a thousand guitars all at once, the crescendo. And everyone knows how much I love them before I left. So you and that continues. Thank even you. even the atheist friends, it continues. How can people, your friends and family, how do they access you? What's a good way to do? They play music. Play music. Should it be your songs or does it matter? It's our songs. He's showing me holding on to somebody. It's like our songs that we shared together, or it's, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean to be their songs. But Should I speak to you in present tense? 
Absolutely. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about music with you. So he, hates to, he hates hearing, I, you know, he was such a good, you know, he was such a great guitar player. He's like, I still am. <laughs> Very good. Let me ask you about that. How do you create a guitar on the flip side? Frequencies. All the notes that you've ever played, you start formulating it, the frequencies, and he goes, and then it's just like a never ending, like library of more frequencies of more things that you can make with your guitar. I want to talk to you about your choice of this lifetime. Did you have any other lifetimes as a musician that you were aware of? Yeah, he showed me like the tall thing, like a banjo, something like a Like a instrument that stringed instrument? Yeah, yeah, that has like three. But take know. a look at what he's wearing when he shows you that instrument. It looks like Jesus, sorry, I don't mean to. Like a, a, a liar, L-Y-E. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's it. So, are you joking? No. So you used to play a a liar. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Is it a liar? I don't know. In his lair, maybe. <laughs> Did you play this? And I want you to give Jennifer a time period. Was it a thousand years ago, five hundred years ago, or many lifetimes? It was before. I think it was before Christ. Like it felt like it was before Christ. Okay. Stringed instruments existed back then. Were you a virtuoso back then, or was it just something you picked up and like? Yeah, but they would do it to make it rain. Oh, like 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 a religious practice. Absolutely, sure. Part of the religious practice, which was to play an instrument, bring the rain. I'm going to ask you about that Jennifer doesn't know, but I do. It's from Billboard magazine. And this is, they asked you about where you, music came from for you. And you said, quote, I have no memory of coming up with any of these riffs that you're famous for. It just comes to me. I never sit down and decide to write a song. I've never done that. You also famously never learned to write or read music. So where does the music come from? He just showed me, just comes through his mind. Give us a visual. What does that look like? Is it light? So you know how some people get words, tons of words that percolate in their head? He gets tons of frequencies that he puts together. So the frequencies are coming down subconsciously, bypassing? He shows, he shows, me, he shows me the inside of his head and just frequencies coming from all different directions. And so you're translating those frequencies? Yes. Being... We've heard that from other musicians in our class, if you look around. They've talked about the frequency of music, where it comes from. We can go back to as far as Beethoven, talking about collecting music from beyond the spheres. And I, my question to you is, so when you chose to be a Van Halen, chose to be born in Amsterdam, chose this family, chose a father who was a jazz uh, musician, played... Um, a number of instruments, sax, piano, clarinet. But, Did you choose him because you knew that would influence you into the path that you were on? <laughs> he said yes, because it was my turn to get beaten up, <laughs> like kidding around. Not being, he's not saying up here, but being a kid. Oh, being a kid. Being the son versus being the father. Ah, so have you had other lifetimes with Jan, your father? Yes. And I know that he had an alcohol problem because you mentioned it in the interview and you had an alcohol problem. Problem, you started drinking at age 12. Let's just call it that. But was that a recurring issue you had in other lifetimes? Yep. He just showed me like a red thread and just pulled it. <laughs> Red and, and had everything like gathered up. Very good. So just to parse this out for a second, you did talk about how alcohol wasn't something you used to be annoying or obnoxious with people, even though that people argued that that was the case. So he shows me that he was anxious. Like he had like anxiety. Anxiety. That's, I didn't know that, but that's what he's showing me. The Asperger thing, I'm just curious. Probably, he says. Probably, because you were very um, didn't about, like a perfectionist in terms of your music. 
but you were also somebody who said you had to drink in order to create music. So it's like you were turning off the filters with the alcohol. He says it was just a ritual. Ah, it became a ritual. He just showed me myself with my own work. Okay. You know? Yes, I know. I've been sober for... 81 days, three it, hours, and two minutes. Thank you. <laughs> I know you were... Three hours, two, three hours and two minutes, no, but 81 days, yes. So I used to be a critic for variety, so you can tell where these questions are coming from. And this is rosemary water, <laughs> just in case. There you go. Eddie, you, used to, you were a fan of Yo-Yo Ma. You refused to play music in the car. What was that about? Because you couldn't hear it properly, he says. So like, too distracting. He said, he's just, it's like that buzzing noise, he says. Oh, it sounded like white noise to him. Now, who were you impressed to see when you got back to the flip side? Prince. Okay. And, and then he just showed me, oh, he just showed me, um, oh, you know who I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about. We're playing that game again. African-American. He's freaking awesome. I have it right on the tip of my tongue. What? James Brown? No. He's awesome, too. But the guitar, the really cool. Jimi Hendrix? Yes. Okay. Well, guitarist, right? And Prince. So... Let's just talk about that for a second, because when people hear Prince's name, like they hear your name, they freeze. But let's just talk about the experience. So you're now crossed over. Describe it. What was it like? How did you see him? Did he appear as a light or did he appear as, how did he appear? Thank you. He just showed me like a light, but then Prince's shoes, like his purple high heel shoes. Wow. He's like, he, he goes, you can't, he goes, you can't mistake those for anybody. And, you know, and then it was just boom. And then you guys, have you played together, music together? Is it literally guitar or what is it? It's something that words can't explain, but they all take part. <laughs> it's like it's like having a camp out, like you're around the fire, but it's light. <laughs> and then, oh yeah, that's right. You become immersed in the music. You, you do both. You can become the music and become and play the music. Become the music, oh. play the music. Yeah. I heard something with Prince besides music. I don't know if Jennifer's aware of this. It sounds like a girlfriend. Do they have a girlfriend that they shared? That's of course possible, but it had to do with <laughs> jumping. What? It had oh, jumping. jumping. Yeah, only. He was wearing flats. <laughs> he was wearing flats, but he had the same joint problem. Yeah. Oh, wow. No. Prince has said to us, jumping off pianos, which he loved to do, destroyed his ankles, which destroyed his hips. And so let's talk about health for a little sec, for just a moment. Was your jumping around on stage responsible for your hip problems, or was that just a natural byproduct of genetics 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 oh and a little bit of jumping a little bit of jumping and what about i hate to ask this question but i'd be remiss if i didn't you talked about cancer and i know you had uh tongue cancer at some point um and later esophageal and you were a heavy smoker but you at some point ascribed the possibility that Guitar picks, because you liked metal, you used to keep them in your mouth, metal picks. Was that the cause of your cancer? Was it smoking? It was guitar picks. Okay. Let's I, well, so I'm like, so let me just share with you. I'm like, you're lying. You're such a liar. I'm like going back. He's like, no, it was guitar picks. Smoke, I'm like, well, smoking didn't cause it. One of his doctors said that that was possible. Guitar picks did because it was the start of it. That's what he's showing me. It was the start of it. He's like, I don't know what the, the cat, the egg versus the whatever. Get an egg. <laughs> Thank you. So the guitar pits caused the mouth. Caused you know, the irritation, which eventually, and then your genetics kick in. Right. It's like any irritation. If you smoke enough, it's not the cigarette causing cancer. It's the, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. It was just funny.
<laughs> they just show like, it's not like your wife causes you cancer. <laughs> it's your, the husband your husband causes you cancer. <laughs> you might be miserable from it. We're not making light of cancer. My dad passed away from it. I'm not making light of it whatsoever, but that was a funny image that I can't get out of my head. Oh, I, I just want to clarify that because I know you so well. And what you're trying to say is when you get back off stage, back home, and you start looking at your journey and you're like, what, did I, what was I thinking? Why did I put guitar picks in my mouth? What was I thinking? You see, it's not so much like blaming the guitar pick. It's more like trying to figure out why did this happen? It's not like they're going to ban metal guitar picks. Maybe, maybe they will. And that's why he wanted to make sure that we knew that that was. Yeah, that was okay. Well, I appreciate that because that was a, it was a curiosity. Questions like any messages for you? Like I didn't start off with lung cancer. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's. Questions like anything you'd like to say to your dear wife, Janie? Like she put up through so much. She was always going to be the love of my lives. Lives. And she shouldn't worry about the headstone. What? Don't worry about the headstone. You guys shared a dog. It's like a big headstone or something. She's like, don't worry about the headstone. You want to talk about your dog? You and Janie share? Was it a rescue? It feels like a rescue. No, I just know its name. I don't, I can't. What would be the question? Sorry. Oh, just anything you want to say to Janie about Cody, their dog. Okay. Don't let him get too fat. <laughs> okay. Um, question for your son, Wolfgang, or a comment. He's just like him, only smarter, he says. You're sweet. And Valerie, your ex-wife, I know you guys remain close friends. Wolfgang's mom. Oh, so sweet. He's like, she did her best to get me to heaven, and that's where I am right now. <laughs> Well, you passed the same year your father did. Wow. it's interesting. Your mom lived to be 91, which is pretty amazing. And when your mom married your dad, she was six years older. And yet she survived all this time and made it to 91. But your dad only made it to 65. Was that something you guys could share or talk about? Yeah, that was definitely, he just shows me holding the hands, his hands. Um, oh, okay. It goes back to him saying like his, so he died, hold on. His dad died early on, correct? 86, I think. 86, okay. Um, what was your question? Well, just, you know, any observations about that odd detail? Your dad and you both died at the same age. Um, it wasn't a conscious thought. No, but it was, it's always something you can talk about when you get back home. Yeah. He thought he was going to beat his dad for sure. But your mom is there as well. She passed in oh. 2005. What did you want to say? Hold on a second. She's okay. Hold on. Show me again. Oh, I just lost it. Damn it. Um, no swearing. Sorry. <laughs> I'll have to go back. He showed me something super cool and it just left. Related to his dad? All of it and just left. Okay. Yeah, it'll come back if it needs to. It'll come back. Um, other, so let's go back to our Michael Jackson question because Michael Jackson popped into your consciousness and I asked you, Jennifer, if you're aware of why that could be and you knew it was a collaboration. So it's kind of famous in the world of musical history because he spent 20 minutes at the request of Quincy Jones, uh -huh. his best friend Ray Charles is in our class. I worked with him in the film Limit Up. But Quincy asked him to come in and lay down a track on the song Beat It. Okay. And that 
incredible guitar solo uh, he came in and did on the song Beat It. Eddie did. I knew that. And didn't ask for any money for it, was not paid for it. And people would say, why didn't you get paid for it? And he'd always say, it's no big deal. It's 20 minutes out of my life. What? Yeah. So Michael Jackson showing up. So if you could talk, Eddie, a little bit about saying Michael again, what was that like? Or I don't know if you met him, but I'm assuming you did. Yeah. Well, the whole class. It's a, it's different. They talked about other lives that they've been in. It's different. It's other not adventures. There's a level of awareness that, um, you know, wow. If you wake up the world in different ways, there's a level of an awareness not to hold on to the bad things, but to hold on to all the great things he's showing me. Beautiful. And so he accomplished so much. He's like, that's what we talk about. Very good. That's what we talk about. Um, I think they did put out a poll and they said that, Eddie, you are the greatest guitar player of all time. Ah, you just showed me Neil Peart, too. I bet you they're jamming. Okay. Um, I know that doesn't matter, but it does in terms of your journey, because I'm... I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I listen to your solos and I hear the classical music. And I know you studied that as a kid. You used to drive all of Pasadena to San Pedro to study classical music. Wow. So that's far away. What about his mother? Eugenia. Yeah. Okay. My mother made me. She said if I was gonna play guitar, I had to learn everything that was I had to get a good foundation if I wanted to play an instrument. Very good. And the technique that you pioneered of tapping, of, which is a term that you invented and people eventually figured it out, where you would tap on the guitar instead of plucking. Um, I know you, you had seen the technique before, but you became famous for it. Also, you patented, you created some patents for guitar neck, guitar bass, where to put the guitar it's almost like you're all music your whole life so now you said i just knew how people could play better okay and you had your own uh studio in your house in studio city your own he says it's not not normal everybody up here did <laughs> <laughs> okay very good so so that was his, yeah. What do you want? Just thinking about or creating music, it feels like up to the day he crossed. It's almost like he was creating music from the moment he showed up. It was, he was probably a musical cry as he came out and into the hospital. What would you like to share with people about your experience now? Good, bad? Is it cool? Is it happening? It is so much better than anything you could dream of, think of, your favorite Disneyland place. It's so beautiful and amazing and light. Trillions and trillions, zillions of light, like whatever the infinite the square, pie, square root of pi would be of lights. And then translate that into music notes and then translate that into fast cars or planes or anything that you want to bring back to life. Here, hold on, show me again. It is soft to come over. It's stepping out of one, you know, suit into another. Or actually, it's the other way around. You, you're in a suit, and then you take it off, and you can go pick whatever you want. <laughs> you know, for the people, to have certain people recognize you. 
I see. So you choose or construct mentally. How do you do that? How do you construct a suit? Instantly, just with the frequencies. You think it and you, you're it. That's it. Yeah, you could pick up the frequency of when somebody, of what level of your soul they want. Like, so if, okay, say it again. Sorry, show me again. Okay, you're right. He's like, so for instance, me, he put me in my mind's eye. He says, you only know me as Van Halen, you know, Eddie Van Halen, right? So you gave me like a teen photograph, like a picture of, you know, something that would, right? That's, and I know it's him. Um, so he just takes what we know in our minds and just presents it back to us. Projects it to us, like yeah. a mathematical construct in your mind or ones and zeros as yeah. a computer, and then create it and send it. Yes. There's someone in our class that you contributed music to one of his projects. I wonder if that guy, because he knows who I'm talking about, can come forward. Jennifer will recognize him when he does. I just saw a couple of people from Elvis to, um, oh my God, I know. Well, there's a crowd of people in our class who worked with him, so they would all be like, me. Come here. Who's the other, not, who's the, oh my gosh. I'm going to ask, this guy's our friend, Bill. Let's have Bill come forward, Billy. Okay. Because the movie, Twister. Right. Eddie contributed music to the movie. No way. Way, yeah. As well as Frank Sinatra. He was the guy with LA is my lady. A um, bunch of other things, but have you had, Eddie, have you had a conversation with Bill? Many times, yes. And just describe what those conversations are about, please, if Billy doesn't mind. By the way, who sings Under Pressure? David Bowie, damn it. That's the other one that came through over and over and I couldn't figure it out. It shows up to be helpful to people, especially when they get to the other side. Chris uh, Cornell? Right. That's what he told us that. And then I looked it up and found out that because Chris Cornell came through and said, David Bowen was there to greet me and he was helping me just like he did in life. And then I found out that, you know, I don't know, 20 years ago, David Bowie had done something really kind to help him out of a weird situation at a party. But well, does David want to say anything or Bill? Hold on. <laughs> Bill just shoved David. <laughs> Hold on. Like about time. He's so funny. Gosh, Bill, I've missed Bill. <laughs> oh. Wow. They're just showing us your son. They're showing me your son. Who's playing guitar. And passionate. I had never mentioned it to Jennifer, and a couple of weeks ago, she clearly recounted what he's doing. And, yeah, he started to play every day. He's really good. Yeah, but he's like better than you, he says, but. It's okay, I'm not competitive. Music is music. Only with me, he says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paxton, yeah, of course. Yeah, Bill, you couldn't play piano, like yeah. the way you play piano, come on. Um, hold on a second, and when I meant that way about the time with us talking, not whatever. Yes, I understand. No judgment here. We're in a class on the flip side talking about I I'm trying to explain what's going on on the flip side right now. All right, hold on. He's mentioning that, and your mom would actually probably concur. Um, he's mentioning to have RJ learn classical if he's not learning that already. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, put a different spin, and then he just showed me Guns N' Roses, like November Rain for some reason. Like, it'll give them more to draw from. Okay. I, actually, yesterday I was trying to teach him some Bach. So that's one way to do it. Um, I forgot to mention his brother, uh, Eddie's brother, Alex, who's still with us on the planet. And I know they were very close and best pals. What's something... Oh, that's what he's bringing me back to. Thank you. 
when you asked about the ages of 65 and 65 with his dad, as well as him dying at the same time, he said, I should have died, you know, so many times. He's like, the fact that I lived to be 65 was a gift from God, he says, was a gift from heaven. Sweet. I, I had more lives in this lifetime than, I've, than most people do in a trillion lifetimes. <laughs> That's right. That's, it went away and he just showed, showed it back to me again. So sorry about that. Go on. We're bringing that back. Anything for Alex you want to say, your brother? He needs to transfer over and it felt like royalties over to him. Okay. You're saying in terms of contracts of records they did together, focus on that a little bit. Right? Have yeah. attorneys get into it. He doesn't want to do it, but have, he needs to do it, he says. Make sure you get your royalties. That's a great comment. I appreciate that. Is there anything that you can tell us for any of your family that only they would know this is you talking to them as opposed to Rich and Jennifer asking questions? Just a detail or something. I feel like three people were there. There was, okay, there was more people, but only three people maybe saw him pass. He says, and tell the people that weren't there not to worry because I really wasn't there anyway. Very good. A very specific detail. Three people are in the room and anybody who wasn't in the room, don't worry about it. He wasn't there anyway. He's with you now though. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, Eddie, saying your name aloud, present tense, talking to you, present tense, playing your music, present tense, all methods to access. Oh, I got a question for you. Came on Quora the other day. Guy don't know, wrote to me and said, I've been reading your stuff and I know that Eddie passed away and I had this experience of getting a concert from Eddie while he was sleeping, like a full show. And at the end, as he was coming to consciousness and waking up, he said, Eddie was so self-effacing and saying, I'm glad you were able to hear me. Now, is that, do you have any connection to that or memory? You don't have to, but what would you like to say? Is that a dream that person had? Yeah, a dream. That's what he felt. That a lot of people did all at once. A lot of people had that. So, it felt almost, it felt like almost hit his like raindrops. There was like a lot of people that were um, simultaneously hearing a concert. Hearing a concert or music, whatever what they were familiar with. Okay, but let's break this. Pictures. Unpack this. So. You're on the flip side. All these people are thinking of you because they're longing to hear you again. Mm -hmm. And how does it work? They plug in, you plug in the amp and push on. And the music, just everybody who's tuned into this channel hears it simultaneously. Is that how it works? So this is what he just showed me. So everybody, like, so for instance, my, our friend Michelle, she's the one that told me because I took the news break off my phone so I wouldn't get any notifications about news. That being said, she told me, and, she, and then she showed pictures how back in, I don't know, 1987 or something, her and a bunch of friends skipped out of school to go see his concert. There was something with that, and they had pictures of it. And so everybody has whatever they have of memories of him, all of them came out all at once for everybody. So back to, you know, what you were saying, like, how does that work up there? It's just whatever is in your mind that you felt connected to him, whatever experience you had was amplified, no pun intended, but amplified. Why not? Yeah, amplified. But. It was different for everybody. So that's great. I appreciate that. But I'm also trying to point out that this concert that you gave 
even though it's not like each person created the concert, even though they saw it from their own perspective, they saw you with, you know, a sh whatever haircut it was, short hair, long hair, doesn't matter. You're playing your Franken uh, Stratocaster or your Gibson, whatever you're playing, they're seeing it that way. But you're the generating the concept. Is that right? Are you generating the music? So it's like a world concert that, all these people are tuned in to channel Eddie. It's, he says it's everybody. It's all inclusive. Like everybody's contributing to it, but he likes Gibson better. <laughs> I like that he clears that. Yeah. Okay. That's, that was your guitar. That's true. I don't know that. He just said Gibson. Okay. Well, there's a detail. The Gibson was his guitar and uh he modified it and added they called that's why they called it a franken strat franken whatever it was called because it was a modified gibson he added stuff to it but whatever i get it <laughs> very clever um so eddie thank you very much i'm not dismissing you but i am saying bill did you have anything else you wanted to say Movies, oh, that's so fascinating. Movies generate different frequencies as well. Because if you think of a movie, how packed a movie is with people, places, you know, um, and music. So movies do the same thing. If people see somebody that's, you know, been in the movies, and he's just like, like myself, he says. Um, you know, he just showed me the Titanic again. Like, whatever experiences they had or whenever they think they'll go to the movies or they'll think of, you know, there's a lot to choose from. I see. So the frequency of that creativity, you on screen 40 feet high or whatever on a television, on your cell phone, that creative endeavor locked in space and time, anybody can access it. Absolutely. And the same goes with musicians and music. And it goes back to our initial conversation about the song of who we are yeah. and how we bring it. He says it's an experience. So if you think of, so if you think of your loved ones, let's talk about how we can connect with our loved ones, right? You think of experiences, get back in that experience. Like if you're thinking about, you know, hopefully they're good memories, not bad memories to bring, to bring forth the nostalgia that my dad talked about but put yourself in it like he just showed me a picture of when i first saw snow in flagstaff for some reason and i was looking at my little sister and wanting to tackle her <laughs> but get put yourself in that experience with them and just see where it takes you let the meditation just see where it takes you don't judge it or don't like question it because then it gets cut off okay and you you mentioned your dad and as we sort of wrap this up I'm gonna repeat what your dad told us. When Jim passed away, um, Jennifer had a hard, hard time, like naturally. And at some point I asked him directly if he could help us with grief or help pass a message along for how people can deal with grief. And it relates to Eddie's passing. And he said, grief is an all encompassing sadness of memory. Right. Your only memories of, in, within grief are sad. You try to move grief to nostalgia. And I know that we both asked, what does that mean? And I remember your response was, I don't know, when we asked him. And he said, well, nostalgia is both sad memories and happy memories. So when you can move grief to nostalgia, and it might be, playing a movie that Bill was in. It might be listening to a song that Eddie played, listening to the Beat It track, just that solo. It moves you from sadness into partially happy memories. And eventually you can get to the happy memories and that's the helps with the grieving process. By the way, they showed me Thriller. Uh, as, oh. He played on that as well. Oh, I didn't know. But I <laughs> Moving beyond a shadow of doubt that this is you. You played on Beat It and Thriller. I and you probably got paid for Thriller. I will have to ask Quincy Jones about that. But you didn't get paid for Beat It, but I would think you got paid for I know you got paid for the Frank Sinatra tune, but 
Is that true? Did you get paid for Thriller? Pennies, he showed me. Pennies! <laughs> well, I love his sense of humor. Bragging rights, pennies. Pennies, yeah. bragging rights, Thriller. Anyway. I know Jennifer's got to go. Is that right? All right. Let's thank everybody, our whole class, Eddie, especially you for being on the hot seat. I appreciate it. I appreciate your family coming through. To your friends and family, we do this to show them that they're always accessible, that they're always nearby, that you just have to reach out to Anthony Bourdain just popped in for a second. I know. He's like, always welcome. What? You show me you. It says you need to add more to your protein. <laughs> a dietary tip from the great Anthony Bourdain. I need to add more protein to my diet. You mean like bacon? like protein <laughs> listen anthony you're always welcome i always quote you incessantly he says you're doing really well for a long time like you know you've asked some questions and it right and that you still um hilarious he came through and told me to eat green beans and i started and it was like oh my god i got this tip from anthony bourdain yeah, so now you just you have to up something because the proteins and you're showing me the bones like they'll help your bones. Like, and we know that, right? No, no, I know what he's talking about. I don't know what he's talking about. I do, I appreciate it. What can I say, Anthony? What a treat for you to come forward and give me that advice. He's gonna make fun of us saying, Oh, you have to go eat now, like we that one. <laughs> yes. He's referring to the time when Jennifer and I he showed up and then we were like okay, we have to eat our lunch now. And then when we came back, like half an hour later, he was shouting. He was like, you guys ate while I waited for you? It was hilarious. Anyway. Yeah, an ongoing joke. All right. Love you. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for your talents. Thanks for doing this. And stay tuned. We'll catch you on the flip side. Love you. <laughs>